1: So
0: to be Maori is we're native to New Zealand. We come from the land. We are a part of the land.
1: Tony Howeta is a science engagement coordinator at the Otago Museum in Dunedin, New Zealand. She uses traditional Maori stories to help students open to the world of science. For many years, the Māori, the indigenous inhabitants of New Zealand, had their language, their music, and their traditions suppressed by European settlers who ruled the country. Well, now, in a period of reconciliation, Māori culture is re-emerging and finding its place in Aotearoa, the Māori name for New Zealand. I'm Jim Metzner, and this is The Pulse of the Planet.
0: Where I'm from, there's a Whakatoki, which is a ancient proverb, ancient Māori proverb, which is ko Tiawa awa, ko awa ko au. I am the river, and the river is me. So my people are born of the Whanganui River, which flows from Kororua Pehu, Mount Pehu in the central North Island, all the way to Taranaki in the East Coast.
1: It's wonderful to hear about your family. Beyond the wonder of it, why is it important to begin with your background?
0: In Maori culture, whakapapa is everything. It's so whakapapa is where you come from. Scientifically, it's your genealogy. It's where you come from in the land, where, which ancestral line you come from, and that's important because we are all connected, and it's a very huge part of being Māori and being of the land. Not only are you connected to the land, but you're connected to the people that come from the land and the descendants of all the gods
1: as well. So to have a proper conversation, I should probably put something on the table too and just say where I'm from as well. Yes,
0: because please. My
1: family originally came from Odessa, the Ukraine. I was born in the East Coast, born in Manhattan, and have spent the last several years in the Hudson River Valley. So my river is the Hudson. My mountain range nearby, when I look out my window, I see the foothills of the Catskill Mountains.
0: Firstly, I just want to thank you for saying like your mihi, your, your greeting, and your pepeha, your, like, your papa genealogy to me. I really respect that. And it's, I think that's important because if at every time I get to the Hudson River, I'll pay homage to you. I'll be like, this is your river. I will put my hands in, I'll connect with the water, and I'll just think of you for a bit. I think that's something really beautiful in, in our culture.
1: How did you receive first the stories that are now part of who you are. Mm.
0: So I learnt all my stories from my mum. One of the earliest stories I could remember that my mum would tell me as a child is a story about Matarekī. So Matarekī is our Maori New Year, and it's given the name Matarekī. The full name of it is Ngā Mata o Te Tafirimatia, which means the eyes of the god Tafirimatia. So Tafirimatia is the god of the winds here in Aotearoa. You won't find him across the Pacific Islands. He's specific to New Zealand. In the beginning, Ranginui and Papatuaniku, Ranginui the sky father and Papa Papatuaniku were in an embrace where their bodies were placed together, Ranginui on top facing down and Papa Papatuaniku on the bottom facing up. And there was no light in the world. So no light could get into it. And they bore many children. And then the eldest son Tane, God of the forest, decided that our world needed light. We needed to thrive. We needed the light of day to see all this beauty that was created and so he lay on his back and he pushed his feet onto his father and then kind of like doing a backwards handstand he pushed his father with his feet and so he turned himself into a log pushing his father up as tall as he could go with his feet and then digging his head into the ground to be with his mother
1: now let me make sure i got it right i'm following you his father is the sky Mm -hmm. and his mother is
0: the earth yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. And so he separated them and allowed the world of light provided by Tamanui Tira, the sun god, to flow into earth. So now that his sky father and earth mother are separated, the forest can thrive, the oceans can thrive, and all of his brothers agreed with him except for one, and that was Tāwhiri Mātia. hated seeing his father so sad and his mother so sad, and so he turned his father over so that he didn't have to look at his mother anymore and in doing that his father was upset he was very sad that he couldn't gaze upon his wife anymore and it made him even more hurt
1: which didn't sit well with Tafaramatia, the god of the wind
0: and so he got into fights with his brother to let them back together he's like if father can't handle being separated from his mother and he beat up a lot of his brothers. He beat up Roaumoko, the, the god of earthquakes and thunder. He beat up Homi Tikitiki, the god of cultivated food. And then he got to who who is the god of war in which humans had descended from. This battle he lost. And so in his defeat, Tumatoinga was crushing him. And then before he could die, Tawhiri Mātia ripped out his eyes and he threw them up onto his father's back so that his father may gaze upon to his mother one last time, and so those eyes are still there today as the this, the cluster Matariki. So na Mata o Te Araki, Tafri Mātia, the eyes of the God, Tafri Mātia. And it's the stars that we look to for our Māori New Year. we get a read of them, Tukunga, which is ancient Māori elders, would look at them and they would read the stars to see how shiny they were, which direction their shine was happening in, and that would give you a read of the earth, of what the season was like to come for the next year.
1: The cluster of stars which were the eyes of the God are also known as the Pleiades. And now, how does that story lend itself, if it does at all, uh, to science?
0: One thing my mother taught me was to never let science prove matauranga Māori or let matauranga Māori prove science. They are two different entities that exist at the same time that overlap but are different. Matauranga Māori is very holistic. It looks at the entire world from the mind, the spirit, the environment, the body everything, whereas science looks at very hardcore facts that are statistically proven. So the way I work our tradition into my science is to revisit these stories, to tell the children of these stories, which they would have grown up with. Many children know this story in particular, and it would be, let's look at the god Matia. What's something about Mattia that we know? And he's a blind god, how do you know that? Because you never know where the wind's coming from. He's always feeling his way around the earth. OK, let's look at convection currents from the sun. So which way are these convection currents happening? So they heat the centre of the earth, those convection currents move around, just as Mattia does, following these ebbs and flow patterns. So then I kind of connect them, but let them shine on their own. these Maori stories that we've grown up with that now with the revitalization of the Maori language they're getting told more frequently more often and to more children and so the beautiful thing about them is that they personify these natural phenomena like wind you can hear about wind and just be like oh yeah it's wind no it's the god tawhiri matia, who ripped out his eyes and threw them up to his father and now he's feeling his way around the earth as a blind god and then you put the science on top of that those are what convection currents are the sun heats the centre of the earth and those convection currents are pulled down to where the lowest temperature is towards the poles and they spin around and they go in these beautiful circles and then you can show a picture of like, a weather map and see it in action it tells a beautiful story where you're framing the phenomena as a personified person you can pay respect to, you're understanding the scientific aspects of it, and then you're putting them together, and it just tells a beautiful story, which is what both culture and science deserve. A lot of the Māori students that I visit at Māori schools, they They hear the science teacher come in, oh, and she's Māori. We've got a Māori scientist. That's one big thing that i found. Kids are just like, what, you're Māori too? And the looks on their faces is everything. And then the second thing is that I'm telling them their own stories before I introduce the scientific concepts that come along with them. They can connect to it a lot more. They feel invited into a space that they have felt neglected from, which is also just it touches me beyond words. And then when I go into English schools, sometimes they learn these new Māori stories, or sometimes they know them as well, and they have the same reaction as these Māori kids. Not as strong, but it's a very similar reaction. We can't have this world without science. I think science is beautiful and important, but we can't function in this world without culture. We look to science for answers, and it provides them beautifully, but we need the love and the respect and the connection to those answers from culture. And so when we bind them together, or at least have them overlapping, it provides us with what we need, both in questions that we have of the natural world, but also how we connect to those questions as well. Why we're asking those questions in the first place. And then once they're answered, how we're gonna connect to the answers as one. I think that's something that bounty culture does beautifully. Like we said at the beginning, the first thing that we usually do is a pipiha, which is an introduction of who you are and where you come from. By stating that, like I said, if I ever go back to the Hudson River and I put my hands in, I will think of you, you know, I'll have that connection forever. And when we hear other people's heart, now we've got this kind of common ground that we can both stand on and share ideas with. And I think that's what science sometimes seems to overlook because there can be this very weird hierarchical structure to it once you do have those answers. And as long as we stay connected, I think those answers can not only be shared more evenly, but it'll make more sense as well. Culture can learn from science as well, as science can learn from culture. And there's heaps of awesome research going on in New Zealand looking at the seabeds at the moment, researching seabeds and using harikike, which is natural flax fibres, as like a mesh protection for the seabed. So they're weaving it and using these old indigenous techniques, mm-hmm. and they putting it as a blanket over some of these reefs, and that's an incorporation of indigenous knowledge of using flax fibres and weaving techniques with science knowledge of having a kind of mesh protection to protect them. We need those answers from science, and then we need to work with indigeneity to kind of spread those answers, if that makes sense.
1: It does. I think we'll leave it there, um, unless there's something else that you wanted to say that I haven't given you a chance to say, because you've given me a lot. (laughs) Um,
0: Why sound for you?
1: For the very same reason that stories need to enter into our lives to help us understand science. Sounds do the same thing. Mm they go to all the places where words cannot go. So if you want someone to have a feeling for something, having a sound of it, now that sound could be music, it could be the sound of the the environment, feeds us if we let it. Yeah. So what would be the most appropriate mullery way for closure? We've opened, now how do we close?
0: I could do us a karakia. so a karakia is just like an ancient prayer. Most of mine are based on um, looking to thank the earth. Matua fai tama wai o te pū manakitia matau na wākato hou mai ora, kaha, pikiti te mara matanga, piki rangi māri na wākato erado raro te mana fai tama wai
1: o My thanks to Tony Hueta. The music was from the book and CD Singing Treasures by Brian Flintoff, featuring musicians Harini Melbourne and Richard Nuns. You can hear more of their music on the album Teku Te Fe on Rattle Records, New Zealand, number RATD0004. I'm Jim Mitzner, and this is The Pulse of the Planet.